0: This is Extreme Ag's Shortcuts. Let's get right into it.
1: Kevin Matthews here. We got an Extreme Ag field report in the Yakin River Valley, North Carolina, Piedmont area. This is a dry land farm, it's a river bottom, pretty good ground. The population on this corn is about uh, 26 to 28,000. I've got uh, Mr. Chad Stanfield here with AgriGold and he's kind of a product specialist but uh, the man that really sets the bar on us, that really teaches us ignorant farmers like myself is Mr. Leslie here, uh, agronomist. How many years of agronomy? 36. 36. 36. That's longer Six. than I've been farming. <laughs> 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 you forgot sometimes, more than i know, it won't seems you? Seems like 80. <laughs> you know. What do you think, Chad? Did you forgot more than we know? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Easy for me. One reason that we wanted to have this to share today is, we, everybody talks about gray leaf spot and different diseases, and and they question sometimes how much we stress on the fungicide. So we got it here in the field, and I thought instead of uh, any salesmen talking about how good their corns were, or me talking about how I thought varieties were, let's let's learn something. So I, I kind of I got the man here to to teach us and. Um, you know we're going to be spraying fungicide on this next week we got it we'll be in here monday spraying and uh, we'll try to leave some off of the variety plot so we can see how it handles the disease all the way through it might be hard for me but i'll, I'll try to do that when i spray it
0: it's not that many acres yes yeah. it's not
1: that many acres <laughs> i hear you but you know what what should we be looking for i mean obviously you can see we got a speckle coming up, we're already above the ear leaf all the way up into the tassel. How alarming is that for a grower?
0: So not, a, not alarming, I mean this is not panic button whatsoever. Uh, our dual modes of action fungicides are so much better than we were say 10 years ago where we just had single mode of action stroge and so you're going to have some curative as well as preventative. Um, you don't want it to get any worse obviously, you're, you're putting it on at the right time. But we see so many growers that are pulling the trigger on fungicides even before they see anything out there.
1: I'm bad for that. I'll be honest with you. Am I we, doing right or wrong, or what's your uh, thought?
0: You know, I'm not going to say right or wrong. Uh, you sleep better at night. You know,
1: <laughs> insurance. You, you've
0: done everything you can. You know, you've been done everything you can. But but I also know, you know, we test hybrids. We test hybrids in a lot of environments. Okay, one of the things we like to see is just like you talked about. Let's don't put a fungicide here let's see how the hybrids themselves will stack up because there's vast differences in hybrids. So in the case of you know, gray leaf spot, we know that started coming in with a vengeance. Uh, some hybrids are gonna be more susceptible than others. So if a grower waits to see if he's got it, he could possibly save himself some money not do some unnecessary applications. We've got growers. Well, I've
1: been messing up. I've been yeah. spraying like crazy. <laughs> you know,
2: uh, hey, from sales side to sea corn, yeah. I like to do it as early as possible. Just, I like that insurance you talked about. Yeah. yeah. And
0: it's it's definitely, it has proved to pay.
1: Okay? Yeah.
2: It yeah, has proven honestly, to pay. Yeah. And
0: we, we need to be doing it. The The question is when. Yeah. So there's a lot of arguments that the, the number one leaf we need to protect for probably 60, 70% of our yield is, is the ear leaf. <laughs> yep. Okay, so how well are we going to protect that ear leaf by waiting until tassel? That's a great question. And it's a question a lot of growers are starting to ask now that we have drone technology and we have the ability to get in our corn in different ways.
2: Mm-hmm. It
0: might change the way we use fungicides. You know, mm-hmm. we tended to avoid some of those early applications because we can get some blunt ear syndrome. We can get some issues with those early ones if they're too close to tassel make people back away, but protecting that leaf ear is pretty critical.
1: All right, you talk about critical. I was at a field day a couple weeks ago, and they had a demonstration on the the year before they had removed each leaf, Yep. and if I remember right, this ear leaf was, uh, removing this ear leaf was almost a 20% yield reduction. Does that sound right?
0: Sounds exactly right. Um, That's a lot. Depends on when you remove it, but yes. I yep. uh, was at a field day in southwest Georgia, a young consultant, uh, Caleb Troub, doing an awesome job down there. Yeah,
1: he's amazing, uh, amazing guy.
0: You know, he's doing the same thing, removing it at different times, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, yeah, it was stunning how much difference we saw in the ear. You could see the difference in the ears. You, know, you didn't have yep. to measure it. So so yeah, that that is a big contributor. Um, you know, most of our lower leaves, they're, they're primarily contributing to stalk strength. Okay. Um, you know, we, we like to keep them alive, but you have a, some hybrids that scavenge nitrogen early and we lose those lower leaves anyway. Uh, this is not one of those hybrids, but we definitely have what we call nitrogen hogs where you just know you're gonna lose those lower leaves. Um, so yeah, protecting, you know, from here up, definitely we want good leaf area. We want good photosynthesis. We don't want these lesions to coalesce. We don't. Yeah, want Yeah, when they them to,
1: start joining right? each other, migrating. When they start
0: joining, the... it's it's tough. Yeah. So you're you're at a good time. Uh, you know, not sure the product you're using, but I'm sure it's got a yeah. curative in it too.
1: It is. We're, we're using Valtima on yes. this right here. So
0: you you've got both parts covered. Uh,
1: all right, now Basically, let's, let's the say I don't spray. Improved.
0: The products have improved a lot.
1: Oh yeah, there, lot and products. we got a lot more options too now than yeah. what like we had before. Let's say I, I choose, you know, my, my money's tied, I'm not sure what my forecast is and I choose not to spray. Um, you know, there's a lot of yield left on the table. And let's say the disease progresses and um, how much difference is it in that ear weight that we're gonna see? I mean, so, it, yeah, it we, could be dramatic, could yeah, we,
0: we were talking uh, before we started filming here about uh, kernel depth, mm-hmm. and that's where kernel depth is gonna come from, is, is that late, that late photosynthesis.
1: And, and that's from the, you know, mainly we're talking from the ear up is what's really gonna build that kernel depth.
0: That's right, so we want the nutrients packed in there. We hope we've done a good job with that. Um, we don't wanna be lacking for anything on that, but a big part of that is gonna be carbohydrates that, that, the, that the plant is going to pack in there uh, after the kernel set. So, we're learning lots about kernel. Right.
1: So, we, we've, incre- we've increased our own farm test weights, and when we go and put these fungicides out, you know, we're obviously we're wanting plant health. We're wanting to stop this disease progression, right. but we're also adding a lot of foliar fertilizer and, and good adjuvants that will penetrate and get into these so the, it can get into the leaves and into the plant and we feel like that's helping to add to that kernel weight and test weight and and we're already driving across the field.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any question, you know, prior to tassel you need to be careful with some of those products that you're putting in there. Absolutely. Uh, Post tassel, wide open. Yep. These
1: silts Uh, are black right here, brown. So so
0: you are are good to go. Pretty safe. uh, Everything is set that's going to be set. Mm -hmm. So now we're just filling. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that kernel fill is is a fascinating (coughs) subject that, um, you know, whether it's nutrient, whether it's fungal diseases, taking leaf area away, whether it's hail, all of those things enter into that kernel depth. Kernel depth, as we're finding out, is probably the most important factor for yield. It's certainly true. Um, if you're comparing hybrids, we're starting to look at that a little more.
1: So I don't, you know, when I I pull off that nice 22 around here and that 44 long, Mm -hmm. and then I pull that 18 round and 44 long, uh, you know, I'm gonna bet on that 22.
2: 22.
1: But you're saying I might be wrong.
0: We are finding out that you might be right, but it could be the opposite. Yep. So,
1: so if I got a popcorn kernel on that 22, that right. big old thumbnail kernel is going to kick my butt, ain't it?
0: Yes. So I'm Judging uh, the
2: book by the cover. Yep.
0: So what we're finding out is we can have two identical looking ears like Chad's got. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're very closely matched. But when we shell them, we get some yeah. radically different
1: results. Volumes. Yeah.
0: Different volumes. Same kernel count. Mm-hmm. Different volumes. So that's starting to speak volumes to us about what we might be doing to increase and make it more like that. So hybrid, yes, absolutely. There's, there's hybrids that are gonna have deeper kernel counts or deeper kernel depth, all right? Mm-hmm. But what can we also do to help it along? Yeah.
1: Now, as an agronomist, for you know, you, you've got a lot of hats because if you don't get the right seed line up or the right hybrid line up that is performed for us growers, obviously Chad's gonna have a hard time selling a product because repetitive is what you want. Yes. You want a repeat customer. That's that's Absolutely. your goal. Is when you're looking at these varieties, are you looking at this as well when you're going through all? Because you know you're not into sales. All you're into is you want to mm-hmm. find the best product for us to grow. Is this something that you look at now?
0: Absolutely. We're doing this on every hybrid and every trial we've got. We're starting to learn quite a bit. Um, the you know, A lot of people say, well, why do you do all that testing? Don't you, just, don't you just plant the highest yielding hybrids? Not every case. That is not the case. If all you did was go to your hybrid trials and only plant the highest yielding hybrid, you're going to leave some money on the table because you've got different environments on your farm. We test in different environments to see which hybrids are better for those environments. So we were at a field day this morning. Guy asked me, well, what, what's, what's going to top this plot? And I said, I don't care. I literally don't care.
1: As long as it's, as as it's agri right? Well, okay, yeah. it might be aggro and it might not. Yeah.
0: But I, this is not a beauty contest.
2: Come on, Les, something we got something of inventory of. Come on, yeah. that's what we need.
0: <laughs> right. Something we have a lot of, we'll win. Uh, but, no, it, it's uh, that particular environment. I was, think
1: he told a story because <laughs> he's, he's pretty straight
2: up. Was, I know, he it is.
0: It was horribly stressed early. It got late rains. It saved the corn. Which hybrid did best in that environment? Okay, so uh, that's, that's what we, we care about. And so when we make a recommendation to a grower, okay, put this on your tough ground, we, we hope we know what we're talking about. Right. Easiest thing in the world is sell the highest yielding hybrid on your best ground.
1: Yeah, that's, I agree.
0: That's just falling off a of lot. Yeah. Okay, when you can go to a guy and say, okay, what are your worst acres? And if you can pull his worst acres up by 10 15%, because you did a better job placing hybrids, you've made that guy money.
1: You know, we, we was talking earlier about disease and we're, we're kind of coming full circle because we need to know how to manage this plant from here up. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we're in that third and fourth quarter of the plant, of the, of the corn crop. And uh, we're, you know, we're wanting to win this thing. But let's say I'm a grower and I don't have ability to get aircraft in to spray. I don't have a, the ability to, I don't have a, a haggy or a high-clearance sprayer where I can go in over the top. Um, when I go to look at these varieties, what can I look for and say, okay, you know, this gray leaf score or this northern leaf blight or this southern rust or whatever's normal in my area for a challenge. Mm-hmm. How can I depend on these scores and, and what, what kind of score am I looking for And and what's the best way to get defensive to protect it? Because I just don't have the equipment or the access to go over the top and spray fungicides. So
0: that's a a great question. And, you know, if we don't put fungicides on 100% of the corn grown in the United States, it's actually a fairly small percentage.
1: I can believe that, yeah.
0: So so if you're a chemical company selling fungicides, that's your target is the untreated acre. You're not necessarily trying to knock this product away and put yours on it, you're you're trying to convince the guy on the untreated acres. So there's a lot of obstacles to people. Availability of aviation, you know, logistics of aviation, getting it in there. Um, you know, drones are starting to change that a little bit. Uh, a Product I'm pretty excited about for growers that don't have application equipment is, is Zyway, you yep. know, in a, in a two by one or two by zero or two by two, Seen some really good results, particularly in, you know, I was talking to a guy uh, North Carolina that they farm about 4,000 acres and I think the average size of their field is 13 acres.
1: Oh, that's <laughs> us, <Yeah. laughs> that's right there.
0: So as we're standing in a 400-acre field, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. but no, I mean they have a lot of little patches. Uh-huh. Well you can't get an airplane in on those, you can't even get a helicopter in on those, so that's that's the kind of fields, in my opinion, that a product like Zyway is made for. So that, that will give us some protection, it may not be complete. To answer your question on the hybrid guides, every company usually, including AgriGold, usually has a fungicide response table. Is this hybrid likely to respond to fungicide? Less likely, no response at all. Okay, so what you'll see, very, very simple, if you wanna know that the code is the highest yielding hybrids always respond to fungicides. Yeah. That's the racehorses, Uh okay? The workhorses rarely ever respond to fungicides, I don't want to say rarely ever, are less likely to return your dollars Yeah. Okay. For the, for the workhorses. Where do we put the workhorses? On our lower yielding ground.
1: Yeah, I mean we're talking 130, 140
2: yes. bushel ground. and So
0: can you afford to put an expensive fungicide on that, particularly if application is your limiting factor? And the answer is probably not.
2: And you talked about ratings. The product guides are a great basis to yes. start looking, but boots on the ground seeing, walking all these plots, call your local guys. They can provide a lot more information. Right. Yep.
0: Yeah, there's no substitute for scouting period. Yeah, you know, um, I was working with some growers that we've got trials with in Georgia. They said, should we spray fungicide? I, haven't, I, I still haven't seen any disease in those fields. Nothing like this. Okay. Right. Still have not. They did not apply fungicide. Okay, so they got away with it. Yeah. Any other year any other rain pattern, any other disease cycle. We know we have the diseases here. We know we have the environment favorable for it. Those are givens. The question is, does everything come together, hybrid, you know, susceptible hybrid, disease uh, pressure and the environment? So for those guys, they didn't get all the rain and they didn't get any disease development. They they saved some money. They they kept some money in their pocket. Um, I've got, probably five or six trials where those fields were not treated with fungicides. Again, I I prefer that. Mm -hmm. I learn more when you put the hybrids kind of naked out there.
1: What's your recommendation on getting these crops out knowing they've been through real bad drought stress and you're looking at a 80 to 110 bushel crop that you're hoping for. Um, From an agronomist standpoint, should we get that stuff out before it dries down?
0: So obviously, if you have already got a short crop, you want everything in your bin, you don't want header loss, you don't want late season lodging. Now on a crop like that, you're not gonna see, there's not a lot of leverage of that ear. Yeah. So we don't see as much lodging. Uh, We have one guy that adding insult to injury, he's got a very short crop because of no rain, but he's also got crown rot.
1: Oh shit! Because up. of rain early, yeah. <laughs>
0: you know, so it's falling so over. He, so he's starting to have the the worst of both worlds: a low yield and falling over. So actually what's had,
1: a, what's a good indicator for a guy that ain't real familiar? If he okay. and if he drives by and he's got a healthy plant here, a healthy plant here, and this one's hammer dead. Yeah, that's that's what I've always looked that's, at.
0: That's a little late. Okay, yeah. By the time you do that, so there's there's the pinch test, which means yep. you have to bend down and physically pinch. Yeah. Which is. The older I get tomorrow, the, the less likely I'm going to do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I prefer the boot the boot test. I just grab the stalk, give it a good kick. Yeah. That tells you everything the pinch test does. Okay. Um, so, you know, if, if you can't crunch it, if you can't break it, um, it's probably a pretty sound stalk. Uh, some of the ones with the, the crown rots, the fusariums, and whatnot. I mean, you just kind of touch it with your toe, mm-hmm. and you you're holding the stalk. That's uh-huh. a bad day. Okay, that's and you need really to
1: get the combines game. in the field pretty quick exactly. then. Exactly.
0: So I advised that guy, said, you know, you're not going to like this. You don't have a dryer, you're not going to like this, but you're going to like it less if you leave if it out If you there. wait. So another, and then, then it's a question of, you know, can your deck plates handle it and can, you know, combines are better now, but we still get a lot of losses there.
1: Run them in real
2: tight. Yeah. yeah. And another t- uh, touch point on that is storms. So far we've been lucky, no tropical yeah. storms disease has not moved up through most of my territory because we haven't had Correct. storms. So we've got a way with not putting fungicides out on a lot of acres. But if these storms do develop, these, these, some of these stalks are really, really weak. Yeah. And if we see that start materializing, we need to get them out.
0: So we were talking about stalk <clears throat> strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, stalk strength comes from these leaves, all right? Mm-hmm. I've been in many of those fields Chad's talking about those leaves don't exist.
1: Just burn off. They're burned off. Just no water. It looks
0: like you went in there with Gramoxone and just that they're gone.
1: Yeah. Okay,
0: so you know that that stalk, like Chad said, is gonna be struggling mm-hmm. because that's where you get stalk strength is those lower leaves. Um, you know, I'm gonna annoy people that have narrow row corn, <laughs> yeah. but one fact about narrow row corn is it shades the ground faster. That's pretty true. Yep. It also shades the lower leaves faster. Yep, and you typically have reduced stalk strength with narrow rows compared to 30s or even 36s.
1: He's talking 30s. about me now. I know, I,
0: I was know, like, I say. Like, he said, I, I, I make people mad when I say that.
2: No, you don't Because you're they like their
0: 20-inch corn, but the folks, particularly in the Midwest, that have 20-inch corn, they generally gather their corn two points wetter than everybody else because they've learned stalk strength yeah. suffers. So our ratings for stalk strength come on 30-inch rows.
1: You know, when we went from 30s to the narrow rows at 20s and 22s we started raising our populations and we did, and you know, at first we started out same population as 30s to 20s mm-hmm. and we seen this big yield bump. Well then we started raising it and then it's like our yield started going down. And now we went back and we're running the same populations on our narrow roads that we was at 30s and we're getting that stock strength because we're getting it more spaced out and getting more right. sunlight down in there. But you're 100% right, you got to stay on top of it because it yeah, can it, bite it's, you.
0: It's, it's one of those things you got to manage. Yep. And as long as you know that going into it and you don't get caught with your pants down,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you
0: can make it work. Yeah. Um, but it's um, but it can definitely catch you, like Chad says, if we get a storm and we've got challenged stalks already, that's, mm-hmm. that's a tough day. But the main thing is check your stalks and make sure they're sound. Mm-hmm. Then you can probably let it dry down a little better. Yeah. So the most efficient combine harvesting is probably 22 to 24. Most people don't like doing that, you're going to put less on the ground, less header loss. What does everybody try to do Kevin, 19?
1: Oh, we start at 28 here in this hurricane alley and, yes, and well, hope to be done you know, before it hits 18 if we can but it do not always work. In,
0: a lot of people rather than take the dock they start at 18 or 19 and they're
2: going to
1: finish. Which We got dryers, I mean we're set up for it. You're you
2: I've heard so many conversations today and yesterday about I'm going to get, you know, this heat, this sunlight, we're going to let it dry down the field, go straight to, you know, go straight to market with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. May not be wise. You know, this week we're getting, then I talked to our guy down in Florida. Mm -hmm. They're getting pop-up showers every evening. So they're only getting a certain amount of hours per day that they can harvest. Right. That's just... You don't asking for trouble, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just prolonging it. That's- when it comes to
0: hybrid trials, I mean, we got
2: a hybrid trial
0: off behind here. That's where I live. That's where I like to be. I spend a lot of time in cornfields in South Georgia. That's the best way to get away from gnats, duck yeah. into corn.
1: <laughs> I need to remember that. <laughs> <'Cause> this <laughs> show ain't your <laughs> field day, is no, it? No, it's not.
0: Uh, so the best way is to duck into corn. The gnats don't like corn. So yeah. um, that's, that, that means I spend even more time there. But no, seriously, uh, we do hybrid trials for characterization of the hybrids, whether it's disease control, kernel depth, as we're doing more and more, Uh, whether it's, you know, does it handle the tougher situations or does it fold up shop? Um, You know, agrigold, we, we have what we call families and the family can tell you a little bit about that. But the families is only a broad category. Within those families, we've got differences. So testing, testing, testing. Uh, we can't do enough of it. I think growers should always have some type of test on their farms. I know you do extensive testing.
1: Yeah, we're kind of,
0: you know,
2: outlier. Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we're no outlier planters, we ain't all about that.
0: Planners got bigger. I understand it. They haven't done a test on their farm in years, and they'll start to catch you. Yeah. Because now you're taking everybody else's word for it. And, yeah. And you don't know.
1: Yeah, you really need to know who that grower is that's doing that research and that testing. Because yeah. I've got, you know, I've got a neighbor, and and I'm gonna pay attention to what he does because I I know how he does things, and it's gonna be right. And um and that's the reputation that I want to have. Is you know we we do it as right as we can. You know whether you're a Extreme Ag member or not, anytime you get a chance to hang out with an agronomist that's seasoned with the years of experience at Mister Less, you really need to take advantage of it because. This is how I've learned. I mean, I just surround myself by guys like this, and and it's amazing what we can learn and share with others. Y'all stay safe.